Greetings, lovely listeners. You are listening to Saga, a podcast where a dude and a chick discuss art and animation. Thanks for tuning back in to our month of Miyazaki. This is part two of our five-part little series. And on this show, we will be talking about Castle in the Sky and My Neighbor Totoro. But first, the news. All right, so this has been a really interesting month uh, because last week we talked, to, or last week and the week before that, there was the Australia thing where, you know, they were marathoning his movies. And then last week we talked about like, um, some website was like showing a documentary series, like a four-part doc- uh, documentary series. And this week, we have more news in that um, this year uh, marks the first time that China um, has been able to legally see Spirited Away because for years this movie has been pirated and bootlegged. But um, after like. 19 years, uh, it's it's official. Uh, that's incredible, I think. Boom, China. Yeah. Uh, that's it for the news. Um, now on to the story. Yeah. Spoiler alert. This audio may contain spoilers, so please proceed with caution or an open mind. I don't care. So first off, let's talk about Laputa, Cast in the Sky, because it's the first Studio Ghibli film that was made in 1968 after the formation of Studio Ghibli in June of 1985 with Miyazaki, Takahata, Takuma, and Suzuki. The production crew was the same production crew from Nausicaa. And then the designs for the film were inspired by Greek architecture and Welsh mining towns. It was the highest grossing animated film of that year. So this story is about a young boy named Patsu. He's a simple work boy, and he becomes enthralled by the appearance of a young girl who is falling from the sky. Well, more like floating to the ground. The young girl barely knows who she is or where she comes from, but there are gangs and secret military people who are after her and her secret power. It turns out the young girl is a princess named Princess Sheeta, heir to the heir to the Laputa throne. Laputa is a floating castle high up in the sky and its whereabouts and access has been lost for generations. It's up to Patsu and Shida to find the lost castle of Laputa and save the sanctity from come on. It's up to Patsu and Shida to find the lost castle of Laputa, save the sanctity from being thrown into the wrong hands. So one of the coolest facts about this film is that the name Laputa comes from Jonathan Swift's Colorful's Travels, which is kind of the same premise. Um, It's a floating castle in the sky named Laputa. But the only difference is that the Miyazaki film is kind of like the aftermath if Laputa Castle in the Sky had weaponized itself and kind of destroyed itself. Um, I... I'm gonna be very kind on this film 
in my review of it because it is Miyazaki's like first directed film through Studio Ghibli and I think he had a lot of pressure on his shoulders. But this is probably my least favorite Miyazaki film. Um, the storyline is very choppy. The entire first half of the film is basically just fight scenes and um, battling and it's hard to see how the story pushes itself like the plot struggles to find its ground i believe and um i kind of go back to the film the 10 years of miyazaki and knowing how miyazaki's style of animation style of writing is because like we said in the past episode he draws out everything he doesn't write anything down so the story kind of progresses in its own kind of fluid formation without really having any solid grounding and i i can definitely see that in this first film it's like almost as if he never really watched the film until after <laughs> it was released like he waited until the very last second and was like oh yeah no this is great so yeah. i'm gonna yeah go yeah, ahead i mean i'm curious does Miyazaki do like a second draft, third draft? Because I don't know, like sometimes it, it doesn't seem like it. I, I don't know. This first film from Studio Ghibli is, uh, it's rough. Um, I'm sure that the Japanese voice actors were fantastic. I did not hear it in Japanese. Um, I listened to it dubbed. But the American voice actor, especially for Patsu, was really annoying it was just like the worst voice for a young boy it's, it sounded like a grown man struggling <laughs> to to sound like a young boy and it was like the most annoying thing ever um and when i say that patsu was a simple work boy i mean he was simple <laughs> but it was strange because like he had this like da vinci style like genius but his like the way his character was portrayed it was like wow, this kid does not know anything and he's kind of dumb and it, it made me kind of sad for his character. So, yeah, you know, I, I do. I, I Okay, so so I think that the uh, set that you got, those are from the original like 1980-something dubs. But uh, when Disney got, got, got a hold of the rights to these uh, to... Uh, the tran the translations they redub things so i wonder if the redub sounds better than this one it probably does because this one is not great and it's kind of cool because um the dvd pack that i bought off of ebay it has um an english dub subtitle and then it has so it has like the english subtitle and then it has english dub but they don't really like line up this with the same translation so you'll see one translation in the the subtitles and it's probably more accurate than the the actual dub translation because some of it is just like way too real like this sounds more real <laughs> than what the americans would probably say yeah um i yeah i haven't seen this in like in like 12 to 15 years uh I actually first saw it on, like, first saw it on uh, the Toonami month, the Miyazaki, uh, when that was a thing. Um, and 
I guess you're right. Uh, it didn't. It must not have been that good because it didn't leave an impression on me. <laughs> so. I yeah. remember this film when I watching this film when I was a kid and being like, okay, yeah, I mean, this is interesting. But it, like I said, like the entire first half is just fighting, and then it's maybe like the last third of the film that you actually see the castle of Laputa, and that's the most interesting part of the film. And I wish that they had showed that more and showed the history of that more than what they had done. Um, mm -hmm. Another twist about this film is that like there is um, one specific antagonist who turns out he's also an heir to the throne, but that's like the major plot twist is that he's trying to use the island's powers for destruction and evil, like, you know, this and that. Um, as far as everything is concerned about this film, it reminds me vaguely, well, not vaguely, very specifically of Atlantis, the lost city. It's got this girl, she shows up out of nowhere, she's got this glowing necklace thing, and, like, she's also, like, a princess, and there's this lost city that she needs to access to, except for it's in the sky and not underwater. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I recently saw saw, saw that movie again, and I like it a lot. It, it, it's really it's really good. And, actually, that, that movie... Um, uh, the person that did the art for that movie is is um, the creator of the Hellboy comics, which is a neat factoid. Quality, quality. Yeah. So that's that's it for Laputa, the Castle in the Sky. Do you recommend it? I recommend watching it for the history and knowing it. For research you, purposes? For research purposes. Maybe mm -hmm. not so much for entertainment. I mean, go in with an open mind, please. <laughs> Be kind. Okay. Well, uh, in 1988, uh, Miyazaki um, created or created a not created, but like they came out. They arrived. They were shown, and they were enjoyed, uh, are arguably. But what's interesting about these next two, but but pri primarily, um, my neighbor to to my neighbor Totoro is that Grave of, of the Fireflies and My Neighbor to Totoro, uh, they were double featured um, when they first came out, which is interesting because, you know, Grave of the Fireflies is, pr is pretty infamous for it's like sad ending or something, which I still haven't seen, but I look forward to m maybe talking about that on a future show. But Grave of the Fireflies came first, and then the, the second film was Totoro, which I'm glad that that movie came second because it sort of leaves the audience with uh, more of a happy, upbeat uh, tune when they leave the, the movie theater. But to uh, Totoro was actually, when it came out, not very financially su successful, which I find surprising because when you think of Ghibli, you think of, you know, uh, m my neighbor is pretty much the first thing that you think of, but it's... It's it's interesting that that movie at one time wasn't the hit that we were all that we all thought it was from the start, uh, and anyway, 
I'll just go ahead and give a brief little little plot synopsis for you. What very little plot this movie has, but basically it's about two girls, uh, two young girls, Satsuki and Mei. They move into a new ha a new home with their father in order to be closer to their sick mother. And from there, it's pretty much just a, a chill movie uh, with, with, with like small hints of the fantastic. And the plot point about their sick mother, it gets me questioning this in that Miyazaki's mom was actually sick from uh, like tuberculosis and she was hospitalized for many years. So I wonder if this was like, was like, uh, like Miyazaki was the two girls and he was basically like, uh, like sharing how he felt about his mom during that time through the girls. Mm. But yeah, uh, his mom did die in 83. So this was like several years before this movie even came out, but. I think it was definitely on his mind. But a few of my thoughts on this. While watching it, I really liked it. I It was very charming. Um, it, it definitely appeals to my, to, to my sensibilities. And, and this was your first time seeing this film, so you saw it with fresh eyes. Yeah, yeah fresh eyes, fresh eyes. And, uh, yeah... I mean, it's very light on story, but I kind of like that about it. It's when I was watching this, I kept thinking about okay, so it's not about the destination; it's about the the journey, right? And which which made me think of Miley Cyrus's you know uh, hit song, "The Climb." Uh, you know, ain't a bad. Ain't about how fast I get there. Ain't about what's waiting up on the other side. Wow, that note. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, but it's it's a it, it's a sweet little chill movie, and I think uh, this and many of his other works, it's like these movies are kind of like best watched on on like a rainy day. Or like on a lazy Sunday afternoon, just like chill, chill movies uh, to maybe like, like lo-fi lo beats. Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> but one thing I did have a question about. You remember that that scene between the dad and the two girls were in the bathtub, and the dad just had his legs splayed open. <laughs> that that concerned me. <laughs> yes you know there's so much innocence in that but still like it is a little bit awkward like when you're an adult and you're looking at that like huh you know <laughs> is this normal but like they're they're young i'm sure they're maybe like younger than five or younger than six so that's pretty normal especially because their mother's sick normally i'd think that children would bathe with the mother but in this instance that's not how it is yeah, yeah uh also, this was one of the first movies in his catalog where Shintoism and Kami uh, are featured. And I'm not going to talk too much about that now because uh, I don't want to like misinform you. But 
in a future show, we'll definitely be talking more about Shintoism. But I really appreciate the slower pacing of this movie because in modern movies, you know, it's like every few seconds, few minutes, there's like a punchline, like like some like some some sort of like fast thing to get get the attention of of uh, the kids. But in this, it took like 28 minutes for the quote unquote first spirit to to show up. Um, yeah, I say quote unquote because the sit balls did show up earlier, but um, it it was a long time between that one and the second time we see spirits, and it was like 31 minutes, like one third of the movie before we, we saw the title character Totoro. And I, okay, so it's not like I was, you know, like checking my watch, like see, you know, when is he gonna pop, gonna show up? But um, I'm uh, impatient. Okay, so, no, no. It, okay, so it's like I was in, enjoying it, and I forgot that that he was supposed to show up. But when he did, um, I liked it. Yeah. I, I think it's maybe like the anticipation or like the build up and then it's like oh then there's like this beautiful peaceful like area I don't know it's kind of a weird peacefulness you find when you like see the spirits mm, yeah um and okay uh when I was sort of doing some of my research the house that that they were in is like a real house or something like it's a part of like an expo and it looks stunning in, in real life. I would definitely like to like rent that place out for a weekend or a week or so and and just sort of um, absorb the essence of of the place and and like create some cool stuff there. But uh, also, ha- have you ever been to uh, what's it called? Boonshaft Museum? Yeah, yeah, here in Dayton. Right, yes. Yeah. So, like, 15 year, years ago, they had this little anime uh, corner thing. And they actually had, like, a life-size cat bus there. And I thought that was super dope. Yeah. And it was furry and stuff. Like, it was super cool. Why <laughs> did they let that go? I'm mad. I might have to contact Boonshaft and be like, hey, you know that cat bus you had here, like, 15 years ago? Bring it back. We need yeah, it. they. I mean, that was only there for about like, like a couple weeks, and it never showed back up. And that's surprising. That, that's surprising because it got a lot of people. A, a lot of folks sh- uh, showed up for that, but alas, uh, didn't come back. Somebody probably was like, "But there's a dad bathing with his two little girls. <laughs> this isn't safe for children." <laughs> Uh, speaking of, uh, have you heard about the uh, theory behind this movie? I've heard like of several different. Yeah, I've heard of several different theories. One in especially um, is about the death of the young. Uh, what's her name? May. May. Yeah, it's uh, there was an actual death that took place in a city not too far from where the actual location of that house is. And it was believed that this story was based off of this death of this girl, but Miyazaki never confirmed it. 
now okay so yeah that's like part of the uh theory but there's like more to it in that uh okay so the the cat bus there's like uh a what's that that little thing called like a billing or, or like a marquee thing what's that called you know the thing where, like the with the with like the places that it's supposed to go like it flicks around like an actual bus you know what what's that called like a like a like billboard a, yeah but it's on it on the bus like the city like the city where it's yeah, supposed to go yeah, to like that yeah I don't, I don't know what it's called but uh, anyway um so like one of the of the places that it goes to it says like 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 tomb or something like like graveyard or something um so uh there's like so they think that that they're being like transported to the afterlife and they're and they're and then there's the scene towards the end with uh when the girls visit their mom and they're sitting on that tree and dad picks up like a picks up an ear of corn with, with like their words with, uh, with like their name i guess like like a message on it uh the girls don't have shadows in that scene uh which like signifies death or something mm-hmm. um, like they don't know they're dead right and also okay yes so you did mention that miyazaki said that uh he debunked the rumor the uh, theory but knowing just how cynical that guy is i kind of think that he's lying about it i definitely do it's <laughs> way too similar for it to be like mm-hmm. yeah this i mean it's way too similar like um there's even the entire i guess um part where Set- satsuki um basically like runs around town trying to find may and it turns out like she like drowned in a river and um i don't think satsuki died in the actual event or like you know the idea of satsuki the sister um i don't think she died in the event but may did or her person yeah um in the 2005 version uh uh, Satsuki and May were voiced by Dakota and Elle Fanning. I thought that was super neat. Like two real life sisters voicing these characters. That's awesome. And also, um, did you kind of get the feeling that, okay, so there's like the opening credits and there's the ending credits and it's like this orange background with like animals sort of crawling around with like happy music. It kind of felt like like that, like those two like parts, as well as the movie itself, sort of felt like like a pilot to a TV series. Like, 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 okay, it kind of felt like um, uh, Wonder Park, in that more adventures could like follow, like the I mini agree. adventures. Yeah, yeah, I know. It was one of those things. Like, I wish that I'd seen more of this Snorlax type character. As well as his like mini type characters of himself. Snor- Snorlax, what do you mean? You know the big, um, big rabbit spirit. Oh, Totoro. Yeah. Why didn't you say that? I don't know. My brain did not think about it. <laughs> <laughs> brain did not make that um, connection. But I do want to leave leave with a question. 
All right. So do you think that Satsuki and May's uh, memories of, to- of, to- of to- Totoro and the spirits will eventually fade and that they'll eventually just think that it was all in their imagination and that none of it happened and they'll just live normal lives, uh, you know, doing like corporate jobs and, and like <laughs> and animating and <laughs> making podcasts and yeah like would it be crazy if that happened like they completely f- forgot about the fun times they had with uh, to- to- Totoro in the forest and that like Satsuki or Mei uh, went into uh, real estate and <sighs> They like started like cutting down the forest <laughs> and building houses, and killing all the spirits that live in there, and they're just like, eh, it's business capitalism. Yeah. yeah. Well, something yeah. to think about. Yeah. You know that's the beauty in childhood. Um. Oh. Anyway, I do recommend this. Uh, if if it's okay, so if you were expecting like a plot-driven movie. Uh, you may not like this, but if you just want to like chill out and like eat some like potato sushi. chips, or then uh, you'll like it. I agree. Excellent film. That's all. That's all, folks. Uh, catch you next time when we watch, talk about Kiki's Delivery Service and Poco Porco Rosso. Catch you next week as we talk about Kiki's Delivery Service and Porco Rosso. And please share us with your friends and family as we would love to continue this podcast about your favorite animations. All of the information here is researched by Sarah and Garrison, and this podcast is produced and edited by Sarah Zadri. Special thanks to Joshua Phillips for the theme music. All while doing our research, we come across some amazing little videos and shots about the process of animation, and we will be happy to share this information with you on our site, www.podsaga.com. And if you have any questions about the animations we will be covering, please don't hesitate to ask. Thank you and have a good day.